This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Look for AMI audio, folks, right from your television. Shaw Cable subscribers, you guys can find us on channel 825. And over on SASTEL 555, visit ami.ca slash audio for a list of channel locations in your area. Kelly McDonald here with Rumya Muthan. All right, Kels. Every other week on Wednesdays when we're not not talking television with Greg David, we get in the know with Margaret Weldon. Let's bring her on. Life's continuing changes can lead to a lot of questions. Join me, Margaret Weldon, to get your answers, and then you too will be in the know. As most of us know, and if you don't know by now, it means you haven't turned on your television or social media or radio in several days. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II had passed away on Thursday, September 8th. And there have been a number of news reports that cover a variety of topics, uh, her life, her family's life, everything she's contributed uh, over and over again. There's so much to learn. But Margaret, today you're going to give us some facts that are maybe lesser known or not known to majority of us. So let's start with the the fundamentals, the basics. Queen Elizabeth II's first royal title, her date of birth, her parents and christening. Yes, hello, Ramya. Good Hi. afternoon, Kelly. Both uh, nice to talk to you again. So, yes, uh, for the first part, Queen Elizabeth II uh, was born on as Princess Elizabeth. Actually, her official name was um, um, Alexander Alexander Elizabeth Mary, and she was born on April the twenty first at two forty in the morning, England's time, and April the twentieth on um, in, in Ontario's time at eight o'clock at eight twenty at night. Sorry, eight forty at night. Um, and uh, I kind of thought that was fascinating. That's interesting. Yeah, I yeah. feel like we need to pause there and let that sink in for a second because, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, her uh, father, who was uh, Prince Albert, uh, who was also the Duke of York, was uh, the second son. So he was the younger son of the king. And uh, he was he married uh, Lady Elizabeth um Bowles Lyon, who was the ninth out of the ten out of ten of out of ten, sorry, siblings. So in other words, she was born the second youngest. So you know, they never thought that uh, Albert, Albert would ever become king, or that uh, Queen Elizabeth would become Queen Elizabeth the mm. second. And on um, May the 29th, she was actually christened at Buckingham Palace. Wow! So Crazy. yeah, my goodness. So Mags, we always get excited to know about the things you can take to the bank and say, oh, yeah, that really happened. And, of course, the things that are, yeah, that's just rumor or myth. So can we get into some of the myths that were out there? And, of course, some of the facts surrounding uh, Queen Elizabeth's birth. Well, okay, first place of, of all. Birth. Excuse um, me. Excuse yeah, that's, me. That's okay. That, that place of birth, that's okay. We'll, we'll forgive you. Um, so the, the, uh, the first thing was that the um, place that Queen Elizabeth was born in was actually a townhouse on 17 Bruton Street. And Bruton Street was a very busy city street in London. Mm-hmm. This is because there weren't as many palaces back then as there are today. And of course, uh, there wasn't, you know, the, the funding for royalty and things back then as, mm-hmm. as there is today. Right. And again, and because uh, she was uh, born for, to the younger son, um, there wasn't really very much money for care or upkeep of the house. 
Now, people often wonder what happened to this place, uh, you know, once the family left there. Some say that it was destroyed by air raids in the Second World War, whereas mm-hmm. other documentation says that, no, it wasn't. It was actually gone before the Second World War. Um, one of the facts was that apparently the property was supposed to be used for to make a hotel for the Canadian Pacific Railroad. But that oh. never happened. Instead, yeah, Canadian Pacific Railroad. Think about that. In, in, in Britain. I, I never thought like that it would go that far because when you yeah. hear about Canadian Pacific Railroad, you hear just kind of about the, the steam trains and, and mm. things in Canada, right? Very you powerful, don't think about though. It. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Anyways, um, instead, it was a office. It, it became an actual office and uh, um, retail complex. Apparently, the only original part um, that sits on Bruton Street is on the east side of this uh, complex. So, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's um, pretty clear that Princess Elizabeth, before she was queen, was kind of already wrapped into uh, the royalty life and the significance of being born into the royal families, right? But how did she serve in World War II? Now, there are are some conflicting stories here. Um, Some stories say that she lobbied her father at uh, 16 years of age because back in those days, it was the men who made the final decision. So she went to her father and um, talked him into putting her into the uh, woman's auxiliary, which was a woman's branch of the army. And other stories say that when she was 19, she actually went against both of her parents and joined this branch of the army. Um, But in any case, all stories say that she became a trained mechanic where she learned how to repair cars, trucks and ambulances. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, eventually she even drove trucks and ambulances during the war. Wow, that's great. I thought that when I've heard that about her, um, you know, and she liked loved to drive. And as as the queen and, you know, people say, wow, how much opportunity to do that and, and you know, that kind of thing. But she'd also tinker. And, and if something went wrong, she was very capable of, of uh, solving whatever the problem might be. How did Princess Elizabeth become the queen? Now, this is um, quite interesting. So in 1936, Prince Albert's brother, King Edward, abdicated from the throne Um and when he abdicated, which, which means he left the throne um, because he was going to be, he, he had something going with a divorced woman and he basically chose that woman over the uh, throne. So he abdicated and her father took over as king. Now, um, interesting to say here that uh, it, this also goes back to when she was serving in the army. She served as in the army, but two years after the father became king, he gave her um, the role in the Privy Council, which meant that she could make decisions on her father's behalf while he was out of the country, right? Mm, so if wow. anything went down or, or yeah, right? So, and, and uh, yes, because she was the oldest daughter, that's how she became queen. Now, what happened was, is the king became very much loved after the Second World War, but due to running the country and the stresses that came with it, as well as a lung, a failed lung operation, uh, he passed away. And then, of course, she became uh, the queen of... Queen Elizabeth uh, II on, uh, February, in February 1952, February 6, 1952. Quite um, young. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, she did come to Canada, uh, just as a, as a side fact here. She made six trips, or sorry, she made 22 trips to Canada in all, six trips to Toronto. And her very first trip, 
She came uh, on behalf of her father in 1951. And one of the very first sporting events that she went to watch was the Toronto Maple Leafs game in the Maple Leaf Gardens. Nice. Oh, great. Yeah, she yeah. didn't drive anything there, though. No, no, no. She didn't not get to drive the anything there. <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> that would have been awesome. That okay, so we need to talk about Paddington Bear and who that is and his connection to the Queen. Oh, Paddington Bear is fun. Um, <laughs> Paddington Bear, yeah, is is a famous cuddly toy. But actually, his story began uh, when Michael, when author Michael Bond and illustrator Peggy Fordham wrote his first book in 1958, and they've written 20 books since then. And three months before her 70th uh, jubilee was to take place, uh, que- the Queen and Paddington filmed a comedic, a comic, sorry, a comic comedic sketch where the two of them bonded over their love of marmalade sandwiches. And they even (laughs) sat down and shared a cup of tea together. Yeah. And a lot of citizens apparently who um, were asked after the fact, because apparently she did a sketch with uh, Daniel Radcliffe, James Bond, who, um, and and a lot of citizens know the sketch with uh, Paddington Bear was better. And (laughs) Paddington Bear, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And Paddington Bear, um, on the night of her actual jubilee, actually sent her a tweet congratulating her for her 70 years of services and wishing her a happy jubilee. Absolutely and apparently, fantastic. yeah, and, and then when she passed away, apparently um, he sent uh, another tweet saying something to the effect of, thank you for your years of service, ma'am. Yeah. Something, to, something along those lines. Real yeah. respectful tweet. And it really lives on with the Paddington Bear, the connection with the Queen. So amazing. Can we talk a little bit about some of the things we may have heard and not really sure about, such as Operation Unicorn and Operation London Bridge? Yes, we can. So Operation Unicorn refers to how they were going to transfer the Queen from uh, Scotland back to London. You know, so uh, when exactly what time things were going to start, where the procession was going to be resting for the night, uh, when the Queen was going to be put into which you know place, how long she was going to rest and that kind of thing. And Operation U- London be- Bridge... Before you go to yeah. London Bridge, it's interesting, too, because I think, Margaret, and we've heard about the security concerns right. for the funeral and things like that, but yeah. there seemed to be such an open, this is where the Queen is going to be for the processions that we see saw over in Scotland. Um, so it's interesting when you say that these are operations, but... They were also fairly public. Now, I'm sure so many of the things that they did for protection and so on that they had in place obviously would not be open to the public. Mm -hmm. But the ability of the public to see, to wave, to feel a part of um, her her movement from Scotland um, to where, you know, to the final resting place. And people also in in England getting that opportunity for the public days that we're now in the midst of um, really phenomenal and it's interesting because we use that operation unicorn anyway uh i I just found that very interesting when you think of what it takes the needs the the respect given um but also making sure that the public you know are a part of it and there was talk about every officer on duty in scotland and england has had a part of this nice so even those who were on vacation um came back there have even been volunteers, I guess, who have had, you know, experience with security and things in the past who have come forward. And now Operation London Bridge refers to what happens in in uh, London, Ontario, or sorry, London, England, rather. And 
I'll tell you one thing that's been very interesting about London is number one, they've talked about why broadcasters and reporters have been garbed in black outfits. And apparently this is part of the protocol. Yeah. So when we, when news reporters were reporting, you know, the queen was placed under medical advisement. um, There was also a lot of the British news, the BBC news reporters were advised to make sure to have black clothing on hand. Uh, because, you know, in case they had to report uh, right. her passing away right. on the day she passed away. Yeah. But one of the main announcements that officers are saying now is because some people will have to wait as many as 38 hours before they can even get to look at the Queen in London. So they're telling people to make sure to bring enough food, water and oh medication my. if they need it, because it is going to be a long wait. Um, so, yeah. This is a lot yeah. of... Um stuff margaret you know the the present as well as the past and just a, a really great scope of uh how much the queen means into what a spectrum of people you know mm-hmm. here there everywhere and i was curious just before we let you go you know is there a personal reason why you wanted to bring this to the table as are in the know aside from of course it'd be yes current events. they're they're actually they're they're kind of is actually my grandmother was very much into the royal family um she i should say my late grandmother and to her the queen was somebody you respected mm. and it, like you know so if i i have a feeling that if i didn't do something about it i'd feel kind of bad um yeah. i can even remember the day that princess diana's funeral took place it was something like five or six o'clock in the morning our time and i remember my grandmother calling me and going now you're up watching this, right? Right. And I'd say, yeah. yeah. And she'd say, what channel do you have it on? And I'd tell her, okay, who's on right now? Who's on talking right now? Mm-hmm. But I also think too, it's, it seems to be um, a popular topic with everybody right now. And I just kind of thought maybe just some uncommon facts might be Absolutely. Fun and, you know, the way you're paying tribute is the way that many of us are paying tribute because our uh, parents or grandparents or somebody we know um, is is really feeling this loss of the Queen. Thank you so much, Margaret. Have a good afternoon. Have a good show. Thank you. Margaret Weldon joining us on In the Know today, paying tribute to Queen Elizabeth II after her passing last week. Coming up after the break... The University of Saskatchewan recently launched a suicide prevention strategy. Jim Crisco, he's going to arrive in a couple of moments and fill us in on it. Please stay tuned. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.